It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Episode 221. That was weird. On this 104-degree weather day. Yeah, take two here. Uh, what the fuck? Why is it so quiet? Hold on. Let's do this. How about this? Reverend. It wants our NPR voices. Well, I don't know what happened. What's different? Because like, we had it set perfect so it wasn't clipping or anything last week. And then I start out and it's like super, super low. I think the cats have their own podcast and they're in here when you guys are They forward. must. Like the Meow Mix party cast. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we were gone for like four days and who knows what the fuck they did in that time frame. That free run of the house. So the good news is we're not really clipping like we were before, so. That's good. Because that was, that static was bad. Yep. The snap, we, crack, pop. We figured it out, Jess. We figured out what the problem was. I wasn't here. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the cat's like stepped on the mixer and like shoved the main all the way up to the top. But it wasn't the cord because we replaced the cord. That's what's been happening for all these weeks. Yeah, for That's like crazy. probably like a month and a half where we're like, oh my God, it's not, because it never sounded horrible in the actual mix, only in our cans. And so I think that's why. Bree is so participative in this podcast, she hasn't even put the headphones on yet. She's all in today. It's a, <laughs> it's the first day back in a while. <laughs> we had a rough night too, Chopper. No one can hear you. No one can hear yes, you. Yes, they can. No. We forgot to take Chopper's meds and he... You didn't take his meds? We didn't take them to mom's to house. Mom's. Oh. We forgot and... And we thought, oh, it's for sure, it's will be yeah. okay. But last night he... You got to talk into the mic. He woke up with a really, really, really bad coughing fit, and I had to get up and go lay on the floor with him for a while. And Poor little dude. Calm him down, so... Yeah, I can't... He doesn't calm down for me. He only calms down for her. I don't know why. I do the same damn thing, exact same thing, and he will calm down for her, not me. Same reason why Phoebe will only listen to you and not Bree. I'm having difficulties with my glasses <laughs> and this headset. Like, I can't get them to stay on properly. I was mesmerized there for a minute. Like, oh, what's going on? It's been a day. I'm really sore after this weekend. Um, after you strained your back. I think, uh, I think I learned something valuable. When you're near 40, you can't hang with kids. You're not 40, and I did. I said I'm near 40, and no, you didn't. I was close. I'm, I bucked. Well, Who did I buck off? Jonathan and Ty. Yep. Jonathan and lost his pants. Look, somebody else. I'm just going to throw this out there. Jonathan refused to let anyone but his mom drive his <laughs> boat when he was on the damn tube. It's true. And his mom is not. Don't nice. go that fast. No. Go faster. No, not that fast. No. Slower. When I drove Sean on the tube towards the end, I was going 20 knots and threw her ass skipping across the water. And when they drove us... I think they went as fast as that boat could go. Yeah, Ty did the same thing to me. That was brutal. So I think he had a ball doing that to me. Ty did, but uh, Nate had a, a ball because I was like, I think I'm enough to let go. He's like, okay, and then I didn't. He was like, I thought you're gonna let go. No, he's like, I only have to stay on as long as you. Uh, now I gotta turn you down. <laughs> what? You gotta keep a constant, like not too low, not too high. All right, I just won't. <laughs> now you're gonna talk quiet again. God damn it! Uh, so we were talking about Bear Lake. We had a bit of a tri-family outing. 
Uh, Bear Lake stayed at a lake house that we rented together and had a luau and a Mexican fiesta and um, some brown liquor. Quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Man, those drinks were good for getting me to go to bed. (laughs) That's what they were good for. I couldn't even make it through like the first hour of Nacho Libre. That's true. I was was wrecked. There were so many people there, though. Saturday, oh my lord! That lake I know it's a good thing that packed. my friend had that property on the beach. I've never seen North Shore that packed. Yeah, and so last year when we went, which I realized there wasn't a pandemic, whole different ball game. Last year on the North Shore, we were about the only ones there. Yeah, and then on South Shore there were a few people, but they totally closed the beach down Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it was weird, and like yeah. nobody wearing masks. Except us. Nope, Josh, you're 100% right. <clears throat> COVID is alive and well at Bear Lake. They do not give a shit about social distancing or masks. Did you? It told you. <laughs> the marina was completely packed. There was nowhere to park. And then and then both sides coming into the marina, fr- coming from the north and the south, was lined up, I don't know, 30, 40 boats waiting to get in. Yeah, and all the, all the shake shops, it was just like elbow to elbow. It was like it was a normal summer. No one wearing masks. Everyone touching oh, each other. Especially Saturday. Sunday was much it's better. Ne- it's never been that busy up there. Yeah, it was so Sunday busy. on the flip side, we were like the only ones on the lake. Yeah, yeah. there were like us and five other people. On the whole lake. So, I mean, we we called that one. When we, yeah, we did. A, we picked a good day to get on the Yeah, because we just could haul people wherever. We didn't have to pay attention. The didn't. jet ski just zoomed around us. and Yeah, we were just doing circles around the boat and the jet ski. It was great. Jumping the waves at the boat was making and so anyway we saw a lot of wildlife some oh, wild yeah. turkeys a moose a moose some deer. deer deer came right up to the hot tub just looking at us yeah it was fun weirdos what the hell are you doing in there i really needed that i know it was only like three and a half days i mean really it was like two full days and like getting there and leaving but it was it was a short little trip but getting there wasn't too bad because we we meaning the gates and the birchworths got there pretty early yeah but i mean it was and still he- like you and get Heather there and i were cleaning because the house was nice but dirty but it's still like the first day doesn't count because you get there you unpack and then what do we do we went out to dinner and then we went to bed no uh, we, what did we do we came back and did something some games yeah we stuff, drank but... we came back and drank That's what oh yeah we sat out on the porch and drank <laughs> we, we sat, jeremy <laughs> and i sat on the porch and had a few beers we finished off that gentleman jack the first night uh, no that was the second night i think was that, that the second I that think was that the luau t- night oh it's okay. i think that Nate was sitting out there drinking with you too. Yeah, so was Sean. But the third night we hit the. Oh, that's right. That was the night we hit the other brown bowler. Yeah, the bullet was good stuff too. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was much needed to recharge batteries. Um, it didn't recharge I, my batteries. I'm exhausted. 100% understand why Jess goes out there pretty much every week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go every week. <laughs> <laughs> you go a lot though. I bet you're like up there three like, times in the summer. Once a month is. Still pretty good. You usually go for the 4th of July, for the 24th, for raspberry days. That That's why it feels like every week, because that's like every other week for like a month. Or next week. So I never got a chance to get scratchers. So you go but you guys did, and not not counting your losses, how much did you win total? Was you it? can't not count my losses. I lost a total of $56. Yeah. 
But how much did you win, though? I lost a total of fifty-six dollars. <laughs> Forty-four. You know how you get in trouble gambling, Jeremy? You By just counting count the winnings. You just count the winnings and not all the losses that you bought in for. Because the first day you won like eighty something. Yeah, I won almost all the money back. And then the second in. day, forty something. So I did a hundred dollars in scratchers. It was like eighty-four bucks. I kept the four bucks, and then I spent the eighty on more scratchers, and I got like forty back on that. So. She him from Bear Bottom, from Gladys's. Yep. Gladys, yeah. That's where I always go is Gladys's. Let's go to Bear Bottom. Is that the one right next to Gladys's? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I just see the Gladys's sign. I'm like, I'll park here and go into this one. So I've never been into the other one. And Gladys's is actually really kind of sketchy inside. That's why I don't go in. Is that the one that's the liquor store too? Yeah. Yeah. The pseudo liquor store. Well, that Bear Bottom has one too though. Bear Bottom yeah. has more wine though. Gladys's Gladys has is, like a sandwich shop in the back that looks weird. Yeah. Gladys's is kind of sketchy. But, but I, really I can grab the key and walk outside it's, to go to the bathroom. It's also tiny. Like, it's like you can't get in and get out. Like, the line is like, I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway. It's crazy. Sean but, found some sunglasses, some cute sunglasses. They're over for 12 bucks. So, But uh, Jess had her own adventure this yeah, last week. Yeah, we got to talk about because we, we, we talked missed about her you last week. We missed her last week, and uh, she's back from her adventure. It was an adventure. It was amazing. So where'd you go? How long were you there? Uh, we left on Monday night. Were you mauled by and a bear? And no, clearly yeah. not. I think there's bears Stop down there. Stop trying to make a fucking rhyme, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> we left way late on Monday night. We got to our campsite and set up at ten thirty. Holy shit! <laughs> so we didn't even know what we like drove into. So when we woke up in the morning. We got to some like, like the tent was right next to a beehive. No. Nudist camp. No. So the <laughs> campsite was in the Dixie National Forest, which is like 20-ish, 25 minutes away from uh, the visitor center at Capitol Reef. And so it's a much, a much higher elevation and cooler than... The one campground that's inside of Capitol Reef, but that one books out like months in advance. So, is is it a dark, the dark, what is it called? Dark sky? It is. So, Tori was actually the first dark sky city in Utah. Um, and that's the town that you drive through, uh, to go to the campground or to go to Capitol Reef. So, our campsite was down. It's called Scenic Route 12 and it was beautiful. Um, and that goes all the way down to Boulder. So, yeah, we got in late Monday and stayed until... So how late did you stay up Monday stargazing? Uh, we, we were probably... We, we made a fire and we made brats. And so we were probably up for like a couple hours. We made a fire and ate brats I think, at 11 o'clock at I night. I think we went to bed at like 1. So Were we able to see anything the first night? Oh, oh, yeah. Like full across the sky... Full frontal stars. Yeah, it was. Uh, no, that is it was not the appropriate was, terminology, sir. It is. Full but, frontal is not how you refer to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, um, we were waiting. Like everybody kind of joined. Like they trickled in. <laughs> so Nick and I got my cousin Nick and I got there Monday, and then my cousin Lindsay and her husband came like in the afternoon on. Tuesday, and so Nick and I went out and did a hike in the morning. It was it was pretty hot. It was like ninety five degrees in the park, which is not bad because this week it's supposed to be a hundred and twelve. Did you see Death Valley broke a record? Yeah, hundred and thirty hottest ever recorded temperature. (laughs) So, but it was still fun. We went in. It's called the Grand Wash, and. That's just what it is. It's a massive wash that has a narrow in the middle of it, and the guy at the visitor center was like, "You don't because it." It, you can park on either end of it and and hike it, but it's 
He's like, you don't have to go all the way through. He's like, just go to the narrow and turn around. That's still like a mile and a half. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so we did that. And then we went down to Hell's Backbone Grill in Boulder. Was that good? I've heard um, about it. It's very good and good. very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the space that... Blake and Jen have created their, um, I think they've been there for two, this is their 21st year. Uh, if I remember correctly what the waitress said, but they, it's farm to table. Their farm's about two miles down the road. A lot of lizard. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but so is this she, week you eat Joe the cow and next yes. week it will be. And they're like, well, no, Jen. it's more, their farm is vegetable. They team up with local like meat farmers. And so, they happened to have a, a ribeye that was for two. It was like a 14-ounce ribeye. We spent a lot of money, <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was awesome. There were like cats that would come and like sit by you and um, just it's outdoors and it was just beautiful. And, and Blake was actually there. Did you give the cats there. any of your scraps? No. That's why they were sitting by scraps. you. Like, no, hey, Blake, the owner, she was there and she had like a much. bucket of something that she was giving the cat. So. Poison. Poison. Yeah, probably poison. So my plan, oh, I was trying to figure out where to watch it because you could see the stars from our campsite, but it was, um, it was pine trees. And so you couldn't see tons. So he asked the visitor center how hiking up to one of the bridges would be. And he's like, well, the way that the canyon like sits down, uh, he said, I wouldn't suggest it. He said, there's a lookout about 10 minutes south of your campsite. So that's where we went. We all took our camp chairs and sat for like two hours and watched. And it was amazing. I mean, it was cool being in a space where all of us would see one and just like yell that's and cool. no one else was around. <laughs> and it was, I was reading that it wasn't as active as, as past years, but it was still was, it was still pretty awesome. And to see the Milky Way in a place like that is pretty phenomenal. So we, the next day we decided to hike because uh, they had the visitor center hands you like a, a map of all the hikes and like the levels and the elevation change and like what you'll see on the hike. So we did one moderate, which was the Hickman Bridge. It was, it was pretty tough. <laughs> and then we did a strenuous, which was the chimney rock. And that's through three and a half miles round trip. I'm always curious what they define as moderate. I do, do. I do too, because everybody hikes different. Like my, I physically can do it, but I just get so overheated that I'm like the back of the trail at the whole time. <laughs> but, so like is, is like a three and a half strenuous. Is that like straight uphill? Like, you know, so a I, mile, that's like a, what, a mile and three quarters up. So Tim would probably, I don't know how they do it. Cause I think Tim's, Tim might be, Tim's gonna a be six, hard. Uh, it's like, I think it's 600 elevation, a 600 foot elevation change. Oh, that's not bad. I think, uh, we did, we've been talking about it. I'll have to look it up. Um, Cause like we did Dog Lake a couple of weeks ago and that's like a 1200 foot gain. Uh, that would be strenuous. But it's labeled, yeah, but it's not labeled, it's labeled strenuous. moderate mm -hmm. on all trails. All trails. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if like the heat has anything because none of this is, you're not under trees anywhere. Yeah, like, it's true. And dog lake it's, is, the, well, the big lake loop is all shaded pretty much. Uh, the little lake loop is not. That one's really hot. But it's also a little bit easier, I think. So. Yeah, so it was, those were, I almost was going to bow out of Chimney Rock. I'm glad we didn't, because when you look, when you look at it from below, like, it's just massive. And then to be standing on top, like, 
I mean, you're not on top of it. You're on a cliff that's next to it. It's pretty, pretty incredible. So then we made campfire nachos and then my aunt and uncle's car broke down and I had to go save them. And then we dispersed the next day. (laughs) But it was cool. I, we're going, we're actually already planning our next trip for October. So we're going to go, go back down and comets or the, not the comets, the, Meteor should just be back or are you just going? No, the go? meteor, the proceeds is only in August. However, there is another meteor shower in October during that time. It's just not as active. Gotcha. So you could still see them, but our campground was freaking rad. Well, I mean, I guess again, events is tough in DC during COVID. So. But I have a couple. I mean, I guess it's not really a super event, but um, I did want to talk about a local podcaster and creator, uh, JC Carter. You guys sent me an email mm-hmm. yes. uh, about a Kickstarter that he's doing. Um, which is so- the Shaolin Nun, which is a uh, like combining. Uh, kung, like legendary kung fu with with uh, with civil rights, basically. So, with yeah. what? With nunneries. With nunneries. Uh, stuff, nunneries. Yeah. J C Carter is involved in the Left Show, um, the greatest comic book or the greatest podcast on earth, or something. It's a whole. It used to be Hold three twenty one three twenty two, which was a. It's a comic book podcast, um, not the Geek Show, by the way. Um, but like, I think now it's called. The greatest podcasts on earth or something, something like cause that. Cause they got the cool URL. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that is a cool URL. <laughs> he was also, uh, instrumental in doing a lot of the, um, um, what the hell's the name of the comic that Chris did? Um, Salt City Strangers. Salt City Strangers. Home. And like the seagull one. <laughs> yep. Oh, so for, oh <laughs> my God. Farts. Oh my God. That dog just blew this room up. <laughs> Windows oh. behind you. <laughs> Oh my so, lord! No, yeah, I, you've been downdraft all the yeah, whole time. Oh. The laptop must be in your way. Fucking wave that. Shit Anyways, the the reason I want to bring it up is because there are 16 days left, and he has raised three thousand and forty one dollars out of four thousand, and they're so close. So, yeah, I I shared the link on Facebook the other day, but. Just to like push him over. So sans, push him over the edge. Sans going to Fanex here in the next couple of weeks when it was supposed to be. That's so weird. Donate to yeah, this yeah. Kickstarter and pick up a local comic. Yeah. Help a local yeah, comic Chris, book artist. It's out. a great idea. I like Chase that. Um, yeah, he's a good guy. So and he'll be joining us in a few weeks, so that's even cooler. But on an, a weird note, this was trending yesterday on Twitter that Bud is trying to be Utah's state beer. Bud can lick my balls. That Can you hashtag that? Bud can Please. hashtag. <laughs> I'll, I will make that a hashtag. Bud can lick I did, my I want you to do it on Twitter. So this is real. This is not just somebody creating some chitter chatter on Twitter. It's chitter chatter Twitter. A legit, and it's so weird. Like we have so many. That couldn't be our state beer. I would be so pissed off. We have so many amazing craft beers exactly. here. Like it's so dumb. I saw the pictures. I don't even drink. I saw the pictures that they were proposing to go in the cans. <sighs> a lot. Like there is no reason at all. 
Does do we know what the top selling beer in the state is? Because that's not quite done. The okay, same so way unfortunately, this didn't print out all the graphics. So we're gonna ha- you're gonna have to look at online. Oh, I can do that. Don't worry. Sorry, I have, I have the that was power. a good segue, Jess. Well, so I don't know if um, I don't think it lists the beers. Though. I think it just lists the spirits. No, right? I think it did. I think it did. Did it? Yeah. Okay, so we just got. So we like to bring these out um, every time they get they get popped in the thing. So um, Ben Winslow and what's the other chick's name that does it with him kathy um, stevenson kathy stevenson do the utah, utah booze news podcast which is you know one of the many podcasts in the world that dog needs to go outside like like hardcore we will fill some airtime while brie puts the shit bag because <laughs> out like the literally filling our airtime i'm pretty sure speaking, she has to take a shit okay so speaking of language i on my camping trip last week when my cousin and i were hiking well, who was speaking a language i just shed shit like 50 times no i know uh oh, we were <laughs> we were hiking and he said you know um my aunt's husband um mike he tried to listen to our podcast because he wanted to hear what we were talking about, and he couldn't, because of all the swears. What episode was he listening to? I don't know, any of them. (laughs) I was commenting, we were talking about it last week, and actually, I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like there are some, look, let's be clear, there are some episodes that are far worse than others. No, and my cousin Nick and I talked about that. I said, you know, I said, he's usually pretty amazing, just depending upon what guests we have, or like what's happened during the day, but... Mike doesn't really like the swears, and so I just thought it was funny that he actually made an effort to try to listen, and then he was like, "Yeah, like I, I, I do, I do tend to uh, play to the audience of whatever the guest is. Like if I know they're for sure super Mormon conservative, don't like swears, I try to tone down the swears at least in the portion that that they're on. I got it for you, but uh, you got what for me? Our list. Yep. Well, I got the Natty Daddy. I, oh, they do top selling beer. So anyway, so Utah Booze News is something. Thing that Ben Winslow and the other lady that Kathy that, Kathy something or other <laughs> that, that that Jess just said not something or other she we do a lot of her articles show the woman but some respect the hell like Natty Daddy isn't just the top mm-hmm. it's like almost three times the next it is one million bottles versus one four hundred and eighty one point three million bottles over squatters and uh, so squatters and and they do this list so they're actually also the top in dollars but this is a comparison Natty Daddy at one point three million bottles tops out at one point two million in sales. Squatters Hop Rising IPA, um, uh, Hop Rising Double IPA. Again, I'm throw up in my mouth. <laughs> not because Squatters is gross, but because you just get over the IPAs, guys. I can't wait until they're not fucking fads anymore. Uh, Four hundred eighty-eight thousand bottles of that at one point oh two million. So, like two hundred thousand dollars in in dollar difference. But um, Natty Daddy. They must have done something good to really take that over. That's uh, that's huge. That's a big position shift. Uh, Squatters also holds number two with um, Hop Rising. Why are they both there? Oh, one is the one's a can bottle and yep. one's a can. So combined, they actually outsell uh, Natty Daddy dollar wise, but they're still probably yep. a little under half a million short of bottle count. That's crazy. Ice House. <laughs> all, all of the Utah ones are IPAs. You know what, though? The, the, what, what I think is going on here is this is stuff that's only sold in the liquor store. Because Ice House is not sold in grocery stores. Yeah, it's only in liquor stores. It's because it? it's malt liquor, I Tons think. Yeah, and like um, 
I don't know if I've seen Red Rock Alafino IPA at the grocery store, because mm-hmm. I think these are all over grocery store limits, even with the changes. Because Hop Rising Tropical Bud Light Platinum, not sold in, in grocery stores. That's a liquor store beer. Um, so I think that's what's going on, is this is specifically liquor store beers. Ooh, this is our first list since the 3.2 went away, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you have, uh, <laughs> he said Terry Wood, who is the DABC spokesperson, said that we are seeing people stock up with larger sizes. Yes, does not surprise me. Uh, top selling wines, not the size of boxes, note the size of the boxes of wine. Um, so, uh, Vuve Clicquot. Brute. Brute yellow label is the top selling. 21,000 bottles, but. This is in dollar value, $1.157 million. Um, Boda Box, Bo- Boda Box and Black Box are both pretty good. So Boda Box Pinot is next. Um, so give you an idea of difference. The first one is a fifth. It's a 750 milliliter bottle, which is your typical wine bottle size. Boda Box is 3,000 milliliters because <laughs> it's a box of wine. Um, and so, uh, to make, a, a, almost the same, like off by $5,000 in sales, uh, they sold 54,000 bottles, uh, or boxes of Boda Box Pinot Grige. Black Box Cabernet is, uh, next, and then, uh. The box is definitely our co- popular on this list. Yeah. Uh, La Marca Prosecco comes in at seventh. Um, um, let's see. Box, box, um, there's only three that are bottles. All the rest are no, boxes. No, there's four. So there's oh. the Mi Iomi Pinot Noir is a bottle, the La Marca uh, Prosecca, and then coming in at ninth place is the Kendall Jackson Chardonnay Vin- Vintner. I don't know. I the Vintner, yeah. Whatever. I can't fucking say wines. You got it. Uh, but a lot of Franzia, three Franzias up there. Uh, Black Box has two entries. Uh, Black Box is good boxed wine, as boxed wine goes. And Franzia is good for camping. <laughs> so how about... Which we just bought for the girls. How about the liquors? Top selling spirits. Uh, for the first time in years, Barton's Vodka was removed from the top selling alcohol. Uh, the DABC suspects that it is because bars <laughs> and restaurants closed for part of the fiscal year 2020. So I just want you guys to all know that Barton's is your typical well vodka when you go to a bar. So you're paying for it's, that $12 drink. They're just putting yep. Barton's in. When you get the $8 version versus the $12 version, you're getting... Well, vodka, which is Barton's. Um, but the top seller that overtook it was Tito's uh, in the 1750, which is the grip, the big giant plastic half-gallon bottle. <laughs> Tito. Uh, Barton's comes in at a second. Again, this is by dollar value. This isn't by uh, bottle sold because Tito's handmade vodka, the grip, 90,000 of those versus 318,000 Bartons, almost 319,000 Bartons. Uh, but the difference in dollars is about 180,000. $3.687 million on Tito's. Uh, Patron Silver comes in third. Jack Daniels Black Label, that's good old trusty Jack in the grip. That's fourth. That's because she's barking at the neighbor right behind me. The smaller bottle of Tito's, the one in between the grip and the, the regular fifth, is fifth. Wow, Tito's has three entries. Because hmm. they're also down two more spots for the fifth. Crown Royal is between the two Tito's, uh, and you got Schmirnoff, like straight regular Schmirnoff in the grip. Then you got Jack Daniels in the slightly bigger bottle, 1,000 milliliter, and then Jameson in the fifth. That's interesting. So Jack Daniels and Tito's consume half of that list on their own, those two. 
Just based on sizes. I wonder that's why, it. unless that's just what most of the bars stock, maybe. So that's what the well, bulk I, of that sales. I will tell on. you, Tito's is pretty cheap, uh, and Tito's uh, as as vodka goes. Tito is Tito's is a really good mixing vodka. It's got a very neutral flavor, so it does not surprise me that uh, like if I'm gonna mix, Tito's is a pretty good vodka for mixing, and it's considerably cheaper than like a Grey Goose or a Three Olives. But I do like me a Three Olives. That's kind of my go-to. Yeah, three offs is good. But, man, that's a lot. Like, three of the top ten are all the Tito's. Same vodka, different size bottles. Combined, what is that? Let's see, 3.6, 2.5, so 5, 6.1, plus another 2.4, 7, 8.5. Eight and a half million dollars in Tito's vodka. Tito's loves the state of Utah right now. This is for the quarter, though, right? This is yeah, that's yeah, just for the just first the quarter. quarter. <laughs> yeah, that's the first quarter, I think. That's freaking wild. That is absolutely wild. That's a lot of booze. Um, can I have an announcement, please? Um, it's a good one. Do um, you? I'm selling ad space. If you'd like to buy, <laughs> do you? <laughs> Do you remember when we had um, our good friends over at Better Days on our show and they said that they would be unveiling a new new, uh, memorial up across from the Capitol? Guess what? It's this weekend. Totally forgot. And it's beautiful. So it's uh, just across the street at the little thingy with the thingy old building. The church. The church. City Hall building. I think it was a city hall once upon a time. Yeah, I know what you're talking but about. But yeah. anyways, so you can go to Better Days and reserve your spot to go see it because it looks really, really cool. Cool. That's all. That's uh, $50. That took about a minute. <laughs> it's $50 ad space. Oh. <laughs> um, Speaking of money. I don't. I didn't read this article. I'm going to be honest with you. Dudes, this is so freaking rad. So when Nick and I were driving down to Capitol Reef last Monday, I saw this billboard in Linden and I was like, oh, that's really cool. But he wasn't paying attention. He was looking at the cop that was ahead of us. <laughs> that, that's probably all right. That's probably good. <laughs> well, it, it pulled somebody so, over. Anyway, so. So someone buried four grand in Utah County somewhere. Yeah, it's, but it's a treasure hunt. It's in, it's somewhere in Provo, I believe. It's $4,000 worth of silver medallions and you just download Treasure um, Finders Treasure Finder app. Yep, and they are they they started launching clues this past Saturday the fifteenth, until somebody finds it. And there was an I don't know if it was these same guys or if it was somebody else just recently did one of these. Um, that was about I think it was about three or four thousand dollars that some guy found up in the mountains. He thought that somebody else on the path had found it before, but he he found it. So, and you could be you could be a privateer. I'd be a privateer for somebody. You'd be a privateer or a buccaneer. I don't but know. how fun is that? It's I think it's cool. awesome. Hmm. It's kind of cool. Maybe uh, next weekend we'll go look for treasure brie. What do you think? Do it, do it. This weekend, well, we're not doing I mean. anything. Next weekend, we're going to Cedar again. Um, you're going to Cedar. I'm looking for treasure. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? You could do it on your way down since it's down the Provo area. Uh, last thing to talk about just real quick. There is a special legislative session that's coming up on Thursday the 20th. Oh, I um, thought they already started today. 
Uh, nope, nope. So it officially will be on Thursday. Um, the it's uh, this year's sixth special session. Just so you guys know. So leading up to this year, because we talked about this, because last year there was a special session called by the governor. Leading up to this year, we hadn't had a special session in like what sixteen years or something? something like that. We've had six this year, six. Uh, and, and all really due to COVID and the, the budget requirements. Uh, so in this session, there's going to be 22 items, uh, largely centered around the pandemic. Um, so changes, uh, changes to the election, uh, adjusting the state budget. So this continues to be a thing that they have to do because as stuff is closed, as people aren't buying things, as our tourism dollars are in the shitter because no one's coming here, uh, cause Utah was a fucking hotbed for a while. Uh, those are, those are all things that they have to consider. And since we don't have a full-time legislative body, they have to call them into special sessions to, uh, address all of this stuff. Um, also there's, um, this little tiny issue of dealing with, um, changing unemployment again because of the, um, stuff that's been handed down as an executive order and the $400 and the state has to apply a hundred dollars of that. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but uh, it's uh, interesting. Another special session, something to be aware of. That's not often that it happens, and the fact that we've had six in this last year is pretty freaking unbelievable. We are joined uh, by Matt O'Claire, who is the CEO of Clearwater Distilling. Uh, and Clearwater Distilling is the first distillery in Utah County ever? Ever, indeed. That is a, that is a heck of a thing to get done. <laughs> well, it's it is a bit historic, although it wasn't that hard to be honest. <laughs> they, where it was the county and the the cities down there begging you to open up a distillery uh, and, exactly. and bring the business. Yeah, no. <laughs> the people, that's not like maybe. they're all lined up at the, on the porch, going, "Hey, uh, would you guys come to Lehigh? Would you come to PG?" No, it wasn't like that, but. Um, you know, it was it was an interesting process, though, and uh, it's we we have found that you know we tried actually we did try to open up in Lehigh first, and um, to their credit, the city council and everybody in Lehigh was actually really open armed about it. Um, we just couldn't find a building, so we ended up finding a building in Pleasant Grove, and then again found that they were even really receptive to it. I mean, there was. There's, you know, a few murmurs of like, what, uh, a distillery kind of thing? Or actually, they called it a brewery because they didn't really get the difference. There's um, <laughs> a really big difference. You're like, you already have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not quite that. Uh, we do brew stuff, but yeah, no. Um, but no, it was actually really cool. And everybody was, um, you know, just the, the city council was unanimously an uh, agreement with everything that we needed and wanted to do. Um, the planning department was very accommodating and, you know, getting the, the zoning laws changed so that we could uh, put this use into uh, the zone that we're in. And it all kind of worked out. That's, that's why I was kind of surprised too. Cause you know, I've, I lived, we moved to Lehigh in 05 and, you know, we came from out East, uh, you know, my wife's from Michigan. I kind of grew up in DC and we've lived in several States out East and, you know, Utah has a reputation of course, outside the state. And then of course, Utah County, even within the state, <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, <clears throat> maybe this is silly, but we'll try it. Um, it was that easy. You know, it's just basically a matter of kind of like paperwork and time and, and many city council meetings. And it was funny, the, 
Pleasant Grove City Council even started the joke and says, we've seen you guys so much. We're on a first name basis. <laughs> you should get an award for the most attendance <laughs> city council meeting. <laughs> Man, you- if they could get the rest of the city to be like that. So are you uh, are you guys out in there like Geneva Steel Warehouse District or uh, where's the where's the actual location at? Yeah, we're in a new uh, kind of like the, um, you know, those uh, commercial warehouse uh, showroom type of uh, buildings. We're in a new development of that on Sam White Lane, which is 700 South. Uh, so if you're familiar okay, with yeah. Pleasant Grove, the the liquor store is on the corner uh, there. It's a and big one, too, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nicer liquor store, you know, for Utah. And uh, we're just down the road from that, not even half mile, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. I I worked out there for a long time, right around that area, actually. So, cool. I'm very very familiar. You're just uh, across the road there from uh, Evermore. That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, Evermore, uh, we we're working with them actually to create a custom spirit for them. That's awesome. so rad. With, with Ken. Yep, Ken nice. and and uh, and Michael, who's now the new. Um, uh, restaurant and barman or er, director uh, who's putting together a whole new uh, restaurant and all the rest for them. And, you know, we're working with them to put together something cool. The restaurant sounds like it's coming along quite swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they've got a, a really cool idea for the menu. It's all Nordic and, and the rest. And it's, uh, they, they're working with uh, TF brewing I've heard also. And uh, what's, what's great is, you know, they're, they're kind of giving us almost creative license with just a little bit of um, guidance about what they want to build. And uh, we're pretty excited about it. So we're in development on that right now. That's really freaking cool. That's pretty awesome. So that's, that's good. I like that. So let's, uh, let's take a step back though, Matt. Um, Cause you know, Clearwater is the here and now, but um, first question is what month were you born in? One month. Yeah. <laughs> the very important. month of May. <laughs> May. So what is that? August. Uh, August. So your parents are having sex right about now. <laughs> Thanks. We're trying to figure out when Appreciate your parents uh, were conceiving you. It's a good icebreaker. <laughs> uh, so you were born back east then? Or is that I was. From, so. Yeah, Ohio of all places. That was the first time I ever experienced humidity was in Ohio. Ohio. Yep. Humidity. Yep. Oh so, yeah, there's plenty of that. Yep. I grew up in Iowa, and I you would not believe, or maybe you would, how many people confuse Iowa and Ohio. They both have a bunch of vowels in their name. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But when you're from <laughs> either of those states, you're like clearly, clearly, <laughs> exactly. So you grew up in Ohio. Not how really. Many- um. Oh. Yeah, I, I moved away when I was six. Um, so, you know, I have some vague memories of it, but uh, went to New Jersey, but then ended up growing up more or less, I would say, in Washington, D.C., more than anything. So does Dad work for the government, or that just happened to be where you guys landed? You know, I moved so many times, and each time I moved, it was a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is one of those things. I just happened to have a chock-a-block kid, you know, childhood of living in different places, and I know how that feels. Those are all good places to live. DC's hot as piss, though, in the summer. So is Ohio and New Jersey. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's quite as bad as DC, though. Ooh, DC. Uh, yeah, we, we we lived in North Carolina too, and the humidity is oh, just yeah, there you go. ridiculous. I'm so glad to be in the desert. 
<laughs> it's different. It's a different, right? It's totally different. I love the humidity. It's the dry heat. <laughs> I'm not a fan of like 100 degrees. And yeah, but you can humidity. stand under a tree and get cooled off by a breeze under dry heat. That's yep. true. That is yep. true. So. so did you go to college? I did. I went to a school in the middle of a cornfield in Michigan called Saginaw Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, laugh. I almost went to Central Michigan University. Oh, so Central. that's awesome. <laughs> I remember most of my time at Central. That Saginaw. That means that you. That isn't that where the awesome uh, casino is. Um. Oh, the uh, uh, was it Soaring Eagle? Soaring Eagle. Yes. Yes. It's all coming back now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was out towards. Um, actually, more towards Central. Man, it boy, is really yeah. bringing back memories. I moved away from oh, there in Indiana. That's what we're here for. <laughs> so then is that where you met your wife you said she's from michigan right yep yep she uh grew up born and raised out in the thumb and um i dragged her out of michigan nice way to go college then mm-hmm. yep i actually was friends with her brother in college and then she went to the same school and um it was all over very nice nice what were you studying in college computer science wow <laughs> back in you said 88 is when you graduated Oh well, I I graduated out of Saginaw Valley in ninety ninety eight. Um, yeah, that's a good time to be doing computer science, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I'm not complaining. It it definitely led to that a pretty was, yeah, decent career. Com, that was a dot com time frame. Yep, that was when sure was. everything was just blowing up. So you finish college, you get married, then what? Um, just kind of was a computer bum for a long time. You know, did software for. Uh, quite a while, got more into the data side of things, but basically had a 25-year uh, career in IT, and um, now I'm making booze. Yeah. So we're trying to make the connection. We're getting there. So how did you get? How, <laughs> so how did you get to Utah? Was it was it working in software that brought you here? No, you're gonna love this. I mean, we just. Um, we're in North Carolina, you know, and, you know, you sweat through two shirts just mowing the lawn. And, you know, it's like we look at uh, West and it's like, oh, that's, that's really why, super by the way, cool. That's why you mow lawn shirtless. Yeah, that's, there you go. Off, no shirtless. That helps. <laughs> have a towel around your neck. That's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm going to do that thought, next time I go hiking. What, mow the lawn shirtless? No, yeah. No, wrap the towel around my neck. That sounds fun. Um <laughs> Well, I mean, we, and we looked at the, the West, and we wanted to explore the West. You know, we were tired. Of, we, we we lived out east our whole lives, and you know, the mountains look super cool and everything. So, we came out one October um, to check out Utah because uh, my wife had a cousin that lived in Springville, and then we also decided that hey, we'll go down to Vegas and see if that's kind of a place where we'd live to, just as a kind of like a base uh, where we would just explore all the Western states and everything from. And we went down to Vegas, and again, this is like an '04 when we came and things in Vegas were just absolutely bonkers. I mean, the, the real estate market was going crazy. Everything was super expensive. And then we came up here and it's like, Oh, it's just gorgeous. And there's nobody here. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we put the house up for sale in North Carolina. It sold in nine days. I quit my job and we moved. Wow. Wow. That's a bold move. So you get here and yeah. what, and when, when, when was that night? 2004, you said? Mm-hmm. 05 is when we decided to pull the trigger, but yeah, right in the beginning, 05. So you get here in 05, you don't have a job, you bought a house, you just find a place to work and figure it out? 
Yeah, uh, so we actually ended up staying in my wife's cousin's basement um, until we could uh, build a house. But I had uh, something like 13 job interviews in two weeks. And, uh, you know, being in software, it's just not that hard to find work. Uh, and, you know, there you go. So we built a house up on Traverse Mountain, and uh, the rest is history there. So how did you transition? Like, at what point in, in this time frame now did you go? I really want to make booze for a living. But not even make booze, but like be the first in, in Utah County doing what you're doing. Yeah, it is such an unnatural segue. It really is. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) I never would have predicted this, you know, three years ago you said, oh, you own a distiller. What? Um, so what it really happened was, you know, over time, you know, ever since I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, I guess some friends introduced me to some really nice scotch and, uh, you know, up to that point, you know, I just looked at spirits as just really kind of way to get a buzz or whatever and party. Um, and this stuff was like really, really good. It was smooth and it was delicious. And it's like, you know, I don't have to mix this with anything for it to be delicious. <laughs> what was the scotch? Because this is really important. You know, that's the worst part about it is I can't remember. <laughs> it's terrible. You got to come up with one that you like now to just and like make it use. up. Yeah. It's yeah, like a Dawini 15 year. <laughs> it was Lafroy. Oh, yeah. It was no McKellen. It was no McKellen 18. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no johnny blue johnny blue no, but yeah um i i but uh, yeah i think that's probably what the shock did to me too is i didn't even realize what it was i was drinking but i was just like what but cool and then so since then i just kind of you know just always took an interest in what kind of spirits were out there and uh you know what's good and you know went from scotch to you know, to tequila, to, to whatever. And then just, you know, kind of appreciated really good spirits and more of the high end stuff and the creative stuff. And my friends kind of knew that over time. And then, you know, a few years ago, they all chipped in and uh, for Christmas one year, got me a still. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like and bathtub gin. Sort of. Yeah. A little bit of a, you know, hillbilly, <laughs> uh, moonshine in kind of thing. And, you know, when your friends do that, you know, you can't disappoint. So you got to make something. Um, so I'm like, okay, I definitely got to fire this thing up and, and, you know, see what we can make. And, uh, just as a wild hair, just out of creativity, I'm like, what would it be like to, and I really was, I've been in, I love sangria. Sangria is a wonderful drink, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not distilled. And, you know, I'm like, what would it be like to distill a sangria and see what would come out? And so through a whole bunch of stuff together, some fruit and some things together to ferment and fermented that up and then took some wine and then put that all in the still and fired it up. And, you know, it was, wasn't too hopeful, you know, because it's the first thing, you know, putting through this thing. I'm like, well, I'll make some jet fuel here and, you know, <laughs> we'll see if it's drinkable or not. Uh, it down. Um, That's you what know, you have we, friends for, to try. Yeah, <laughs> to tell you that it's good when it's not. This but, is horrible. Try it. We, co- we call those official royal tasters. They die, you know, yeah. it's not good. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't do that recipe again. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it actually came out good. It, it was crazy. It, it came out really nice, and um, we drank it all. It was, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, that's really kind of nuts. And, you know, then found out that really – I was thinking because I'd, I'd gotten into beer a while too and, you know, understood how to make beer and was kicking around the idea of uh, making my own beer. But I figured, well, that's a hobby I could sink several thousand into, and I don't need to do that right now. Um but at least had a good understanding of it. And, um, you know, so I'm like, cool, I'll make some spirits. And then found out that you can't actually do that legally. 
What? Yeah. Not yeah. even your own little house? Nope. Not even as a hobby in your garage. You can't make even a few ounces of it legally. It's nope. You just can't do it. Uncle so, Sam wants his cut. Yeah, and I'm cool with the you know the excise tax. I mean, if they would even let you do it recreationally and still pay the excise tax, that'd be fine too. But they don't even let you do that, which is pretty silly if you ask me. Um, but anyway, so you know, kind of said, okay, well, what is really involved with getting a license to do this? Um, because you know, worst case, you know, I could do it recreationally, but then you know, sell a little bit on the side, and you know, maybe even pay for the gear or something like that if it's kind of a nominal deal. Um, and you know, I put, hatched this silly idea that I could do it on about 15k, and <laughs> yeah, started going down <laughs> half a million dollars later. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but now we got a commercial distillery. Um, so there's how that went. That's, uh, Just like that. That's yeah. perfect. Oh, like 15,000, no problem. Puppy. That, that, does, puppy. that doesn't even sound dramatic at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, like that's good. Like the, it just, it's nice that the process was so, so like organic. And so, yeah, yeah. so you go down that process then of, of going, okay, well, how do I, so at what point did you go, at what point did you go, it's not 15,000, it's more like 500,000, like, at what point in that process were you like, okay, what did I just get myself into? Because I'm not, there's no way I'm just making gin in my bathtub anymore and giving it to my friends. Yeah. So what happened was I kind of went through this thought process of like, okay, yeah, I'm late in my career um, in IT, you know, and I'm making decent money as a software guy. And this isn't going to last forever. And my dad was in IT and he got laid off at age 57 and was never able to find work again. Because you're competing against younger guys who are taking, you know, smaller salaries and the rest. And, you know, so it's like, okay, well, what am I going to do for retirement? I've got, you know, this 401k and a few other things, but nothing super special. Um, and, you know, I'm like, if I go forward with a commercial distillery, you know, there, it's kind of like a passion project kind of business that you can build. And then, you know, we see, we saw High West, uh, sold for $160 million, uh, a couple of years ago. And it's like, well, Hey, you know, if we do this right, we could be acquired mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe sell that. And then, you know, then the rest is, is more enjoyable <laughs> mm-hmm. if you will. <laughs> So, yeah, so it kind of went from there. And then it's like, okay, well, the 15K is not going to do it. What's going to do it? So talk to my folks and, you know, and they had some money that, um, you know, they were willing to invest. And, and then the rest of it, we actually put together this uh, equity crowdfunding uh, campaign uh, to do, to raise. And we've raised about 300K on that uh, so far. And then add in That's our really awesome. Is there, are, are there any other distilleries in the U.S. that have done that before? Uh, the equity crowdfunding? Uh-huh. Yeah, several. Um, there's even on the site, the platform that we're on, Start Engine. I think there are two other distilleries on it now, and another two just finished their campaigns. They've raised over a million. Nice. I I did one over in Scotland a couple of years ago, um, oh. and it was the first, like the first of that type over there. So, uh, yeah, a crowdfunding campaign or uh-huh. a distillery? Yep, for the distillery. Yep. Very nice. Which which distillery? Yeah. Uh. Oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to pronounce it wrong. No, I just don't want to pronounce it wrong. So let me look up the spelling and I can tell you. Well, that's easy to do. That would be way, way awkward. Uh, Glen Wivis Distillery. It's up in Dingwall. It's like right south of Inverness. So yeah. My wife and I in... spent a couple of weeks in Inverness uh, a couple of years ago. Nice. Hey, me too. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they did that and... 
I put some money in and you get like your name on a stone and on the flag. So it's like, oh, and then cool. a newsletter. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah and you're part of it. They sent you. Oh, well, you have to, you have to buy into that even more than I did. So that was like the high rollers. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a high roller. I just wanted to throw in my support. Yeah. Yep. No, it's cool. I mean, you got to, yeah, you got to use that money responsibly. I mean, it's, you know, our, our minimum investment is $250, which is cool. And you actually get some, you know, some shares of the company, some equity stake in it. Um, but a lot of folks ask too, you know, Hey, when do we get free samples and, you know, all these things? And it's like, well, you know, all these free samples cost money. Eventually your $250 is gone. Um, And we think you're better served if we put that money back into, you know, growing the company and then, you know, then your return is when we sell is quite a bit more. So that's good. Maybe they can have a fancy plaque on the wall too. (laughs) Yeah. No, it doesn't mean we appreciate it any less. It's, uh, we're actually trying to do our best for all of our investors to make sure they, they're taken care of. And so you guys are, you guys are actually open now. uh, We are. Yeah. Here's the fun part. Um, we opened in March, the week of COVID. So you opened and then were so, immediately shut down. Well, did you yeah. did you open? Well, you're in Utah County, so COVID didn't happen. Yeah, there. it didn't happen oh, in Utah right. County. Oh. So, well, yeah, right. I was yeah, down it there in March. It didn't happen. <laughs> Those people are like, well, I don't know what COVID is. We're not wearing masks. COVID? What's that? <laughs> why did Why are those people in Salt Lake County not going anywhere? That's weird. I'm not going to the gas stations and grocery stores. It's really quiet up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, What's so, with all the masks? Are they doing operations up there? What's going? <laughs> so COVID happens. Um, I mean, that doesn't necessarily shut up. A distillery doesn't have you know hundreds of people working at it usually. Um, it's a no. it's a relatively <laughs> small manned operation for most distilleries, especially smaller distilleries. Um, so, did you immediately transition to making hand sanitizer like <laughs> some of the other distilleries did? No, actually, yeah, this is a bit of fun. Like, there's four of us, and, you know, we decided to kind of work in shifts in the building. We weren't going to work at the same time. And my wife and I, you know, being two, half of that, <laughs> um, so we could go in and do what we needed to do. But what we did is we had all these plans for like a year. Like before we opened, we actually been working on the building for over a year and before we actually opened the doors and our whole plans were, uh, you know, marketing and sales plans were based on bars and restaurants. And, you know, that all got thrown. That's, that was the biggest upheaval was it did oh, all yeah. of that just got hooked right out the window. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, what are we going to do now? We opened the doors and then all of a sudden we shut them back down within, you know, like six days. We shut, you know, the doors back up and said, we can't really do this. And we worked out a way where we could do, you know, some sales in the parking lot with the DABC and, you know, develop the plan and all that, uh, with them. But, um, yeah, we didn't really know what to do, but so we had in the back of our heads, we knew that we wanted to uh, do some online sales, uh, some e-commerce. And so we had, we had done a little bit of research there and it's like, well, I guess we really need to spin this up in a big hurry. Um, so, you know, it, again, we were able to still kind of effectively work in the distillery, um, just, you know, in the shifts and everything. So really it was all just about, you know, how do we pivot, uh, sales to make sure that we can kind of survive this. And so we spun up our e-commerce platform in like 10 days. Wow. Uh, yeah. And did it, it was, help being a software developer? <laughs> it actually kind of did because the guys who, <laughs> who run it are these uh, guys in, uh, San Diego who were actually also, uh, data scientists. And so, you know, we all kind of speak the same language and, you know, it's like, okay, what do we got to do? You need these images, you know, what can we do here for SEO, all this stuff. Uh, and threw that together and 
bang, we're up. Uh, so it just kind of worked out. And that's been a that's been successful for you guys. Um, it has, yeah. That's great. That's so here. So what products do you have available and what products are you working on? Oh, yeah. So um, the first product we launched with was Lawrence. And Lawrence is uh, kind of this idea um, of rum. And one of the things that I, you know, was just kind of curious about, because, you know, just looking around and researching things and um, we were going to make some gins. And so we were thinking about, okay, we want to have a gin basket to do this because we think vapor infusing gin is better than macerating and to kind of give you an idea what that really means is macerating just means you kind of take like the juniper and all of those botanicals and you soak them in the alcohol and even in the still and and you you boil them out basically when you run the still whereas vapor infusing uses what's called like a gin basket it's basically like a colander that you run the the steam of the alcohol up from underneath and it goes through and picks up the oils and and that Mm. kind of thing to me that kind of felt more like because i i was a bit of a you know a gin snob i mean we're booze snobs. What can we tell you? Um, <laughs> I, I think that's the more uh, traditional way to make gin is vapor infusing. A lot of people will macerate, and you can make good gins that way. But yeah. Anyway, so we got this gin basket, and um, the rum. You know, I was like, well, you know, how cool would it be to do something with the rum and the gin basket? You know, to vapor infuse the rum, but you know, not with gin stuff. You know, not with juniper and all that. But what if we put cinnamon sticks and vanilla beans? in that botanical basket mm-hmm. and ran the rum through that. Yeah. And, you know, instead of, so we're not going to add sweeteners or flavorings and anything like that. But what that alcohol does is it kind of takes those uh, cinnamon stick oils and the vanilla oils and kind of uh, brings those into the vapor trail and, and pulls those through. And, you know, nobody's doing this that I could find. There's no commercial distillery actually making a vapor infused rum. And I'm like, why isn't anyone doing this? Does it suck? <laughs> yeah is it super expensive or is it really hard to do or yeah what why isn't this working so you know i'm like okay well we'll just try it you know we have this uh, little still the recipe still let's you know throw some cinnamon sticks and i actually had a gin basket that i um picked up for you know the little five gallon kind of still deal and ran it through and oh my god cinnamon i mean it was like oh shit the whole neighborhood smells like cinnamon it's like we put in way too much (laughs) (laughs) cinnamon bears for everyone yeah we're like oh this is really bad like reminiscent of the sriracha plant in southern california (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you could smell it for miles and you know with but whatever ran it all the way through and actually it turned out that you know the, the amount of the flavor that it picked up it was actually just about right and it, and it came through really, really good, and it tasted amazing. It was like a cinnamon roll without any of the sugar, and, and the, the, the smell was just amazing. And, uh, yeah, it just it really worked out. And I'm like, why the hell isn't anybody doing this? I'm going to do it. That's a big deal, too, because, like, when you think of, like, a flavor-infused vodka, it's usually sugar. It's got mm-hmm. a lot oh, yeah. of sugar and all that stuff, you know. If you look at, um, you know, like like – Porter's peach or the yeah. the the cinnamon stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all a lot of sugary syrup mixed in with with whatever it is, whether it's whiskey or or vodka or rum. Exactly. So it's oppressive to get that level of spice and flavor with with no added sugar. So it's good for your diet. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's keto. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it keto. <laughs> it's still rum. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. better for you than those those sugary ones for sure. Yeah, we actually joke about like the vodkas and everything where you have like cotton candy and stuff. We call it candy store vodka, where you just add a bunch of sugary flavorings to stuff. And you know, I I don't like to disparage. 
you know, other distilleries, but you know, that stuff just isn't craft. I'm sorry. It's, you know, it's, it's fine if you want to make like a, a foofy cosmopolitan or something like that, or some kind of a martini, but um, yeah, that's why we do what we do. And we're, we're actually really focused on doing stuff that's more kind of craft and creative, but is also just amazing in flavor and taste. So that stuff, I, I, is any of your stuff in local liquor stores? Have you gotten a distribution deal with the ABC? Uh, no, not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> I was wondering, because they're a pain in the ass from all the distillers we've talked to. They are a pain in the ass to work with. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're all, like I was saying earlier, they're, they're all trying to do their job. And I know that they're all given restrictions about doing their job. And I think the worst thing that's happened within the DABC, and I don't know who made this decision, but basically they're after reducing the number of labels that they have in the liquor store. Yeah. 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 For easier management, basically. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about purely from a financial perspective with only the DABC in mind and nothing else, yeah, that works, right? That's all I care about. Right. That's all they care about. Because you know what the number one sellers are? We look at oh. it regularly. Like oh, Barton's, sure. vod- Barton's Vodka and the Pint. Barton's Vodka. Like, <laughs> okay. probably, I'm Fireball. not sure if that was the number one this quarter, but Fireball that's last year. Fireball was the Fireball. number one seller last yeah. year. Speaking yeah. of candy, candy alcohol. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's... Well, the, this, the, the liquor store out here by you guys in Kearns, pallets of it. Pallets of Fireball. In their store, pallets. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't. All that does, though, when they when they cut the number of labels and they're only selling a handful of things, it just further drives the profitability of those few things that people see, because yep. they're not seeing a, a bunch of local stuff necessarily. And it would be, I think, it's a little crazy not to carry more local brands and less national brands. Yeah, and, you know, and I'm not looking for a handout either, right? I mean, we don't. I mean, sure, it would be nice to get some you know, assistance from the state that you're in and, you know, with the fact that they have a monopoly over the liquor stores within your state, that would be nice. However, I'm not asking for that. I don't need that. Just a fair shot. And, right. you know, from from a consumer perspective, you know, because I am, a you know, a connoisseur of spirits. I, I love to try all different kinds of spirits and, and new and, and awesome things. And I can't get even a decent bottle of Armagnac or a decent bottle of Cognac anywhere because, you know, People, you know, half the people in the state probably don't even know what Armagnac is. And, you know, so they won't necessarily support the volume that the state needs to see on that kind of stuff. Or like even a grappa, uh, you know, finding a decent grappa is, is impossible. I don't uh, think grappa is good, so I think it is impossible to find a grappa. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. You just haven't had a good one. <laughs> uh, there you go. Maybe that's just it. Maybe you haven't tried one that you like. But, no, I mean, even, yeah, grappa is a bit of an acquired taste, too. Um and that's what you say to people that don't like it. But um. <laughs> <laughs> you're just not good enough. That's why you don't like it. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, there's lots of different tastes. Like you know, in the state, I mean, really, you have to think about, you know, I mean, look at Lee's Liquor, right? Or look at Total Wine. If you go out of state and you go to any of these other liquor stores, maybe huge selection. It's massive, and you know, it's they're not necessarily all of them are the top sellers in the world. But but they're there to bring people into the store that'll buy the other stuff too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, and I mean, here's the novel idea, which will never happen because the state makes too damn much money on it. But if you're a Republican-controlled state that is all about business and and free enterprise, why why, yeah. why are our liquor stores run by the state? Well, um, I think there's lobbies outside of the state that make it 
So I think that's also why we don't have uh, recreational marijuana as well. And I think that's pretty sure. much from the pharmaceutical lobby. So, I mean, there's, there's powers that be, um, that control other things that, you know, hey, here we are. <laughs> so you have your rum. What else do you have? <laughs> so, so the, the sangria that I mentioned, um, we've actually developed that into a product. It's called Josephine. And we She's are. She's new, huh? She's brand new. In fact, we just got the labels today and we're going to start bottling her tomorrow. Uh, we've, we've gone through the distillation and you know, we're actually going to be opening up Friday to do some uh, limited kind of warehouse tours uh, to where, you know, it's a half outside kind of thing where, you know, we'd like people to wear masks. But nonetheless, we're going to have some uh, kind of tours and tastings available where you can buy her on Friday as the official launch. How did you come up with the names for your products? Yeah, so, you know, I don't know where the original idea actually came from to use historical figures. Um, but from our marketing uh, perspective, we wanted to give the individual spirits their own brand. Um, and the other thing is that we don't actually fit into spirit categories. So there's eight basic spirit categories that exist from, you know, back from the prohibition laws that were put into effect. And it's things like, you know, whiskey, tequila, vodka, those kinds of things. So there's like eight of those types of categories. So Josephine uh, being distilled from fruit, but then also she has molasses in her, uh, makes it so that she doesn't fit any particular category. So it's not an eau de vie. It's not a brandy. It's not a rum. Um, it actually doesn't fit into any category at all, so it's called a distilled spirit specialty, which is their catch-all bin hmm. um, for the TTB. So instead of saying, oh, Josephine is this or that, it's we wanted to actually have Josephine be a thing. Um, so this is actually, you know, we've distilled Josephine. Um, but then the way we, we went about that was like, you know, picking these historical figures to kind of honor. And really the, the historical figures that we've chosen are those who, you know, really were underappreciated, we feel. So, for example, Josephine is Josephine Baker. She was uh, a flapper in the 20s, um, but then, you know, she was she was a black flapper in the U.S. and actually ran into a lot of civil rights issues and was mm -hmm. treated extremely poorly here so she left and went to go live in france and in france she became wildly successful like she was uh i mean she's amazing she sings she dances she's uh has this uh, incredible talent made a lot of money but then took that and then in world war ii became a spy um and uh, so she's really intelligent and then after the war and everything took that money and then started adopting children and my wife kind of dubbed her the original Angelina Jolie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. really super cool. Yeah. And so she's taking care of these kids and she's given back all this, you know, money to folks. And then, you know, even uh, started fighting real hard for civil rights and actually opened for the I Have a Dream speech for Martin Luther King. Uh, yeah. Oh. She's, she's one of those incredible women from that time period that, like, unless you really know history, you don't. No, she's like a Hedy Lamar kind of, yeah, you know, changing the world. <laughs> yeah. No, and we felt, you know, that she just deserves, you know, a little bit more recognition. And, you know, it just kind of works that way. And, you know, the spirit that we're making is kind of a la a brandy. So it has a bit of a French flair. Um, and so, you know, and it's a bit Americanized because we're American. So, you know, it kind of fit. It fit really well. Um, well, and what do most people like equate her with is fruit, right? So that's perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. the iconic picture of her. That's right. 
Yeah. And then for the rum, we picked uh, this guy, uh, Lawrence Peter Freuken. He was this uh, Dane who was an Arctic explorer very early on. Um, and just like he was six foot seven. I mean, this is a monster of a man. Uh, and he basically just you know says, I need to explore the world. I need to go see what's out there. And uh, was super, super brave because nobody had been up to these places. And he says, well, I'm just going to have these expeditions to go check these things out. And then, um, you know, from a, on a personal perspective, like just a crazy, like, good person uh you know and and again during world war ii you know anytime you know he saw anybody being treated uh, poorly like in germany where you know there was the anti-semitism and and you know the holocaust he, anytime he saw anybody who was uh being mistreated as a jew he would walk up to them this big giant six seven guy and tell them hey i'm a jew oh wow so yeah <laughs> so when you say we come up with these names, is it you and your wife? Are there other people that are coming up with them with you? Um, well, so we have uh, our marketing guys, um, great friends who own this company called Factory Six, and um, you know, and yeah, my wife and and James, uh, our operations guy, and Craig, we, we all kind of just sit down and just kick things around. Uh, and we, you know, we start doing some research and saying, okay, what about this person now? Not them. And what about this? And yeah, it's, so it's just kind of like a group thing. We just figure out who makes the most sense and who kind of applies to that spirit and who we'd really like to celebrate. And then beyond that, what I think is really cool is we, we don't really advertise this, uh, but for each of these spirits and each of the, uh, historic figures that we're actually giving to charity. Mm-hmm. So for Josephine, uh, we picked the charity, uh, the International Child Art Foundation, um, which is a, a, an amazing charity that uh, teaches, obviously, the arts to children, uh, all sorts of arts uh, to them, which we think that Josephine would appreciate being an artist herself. Uh, but then it also helps teach empathy. And that's one of their focuses uh, for that charity is to help, you know, other kids really understand what, what you know, people that are dealing with uh, really bad situations in their life as children. You know, I mean, there's refugees and, and people that are really in a, a terrible situation, but it uses the art aspect of things to say, hey, let's, you know, let's try to understand where these other folks are coming from and, and really appreciate their situation. Uh, so we think that that could not possibly be a better charity uh, for Josephine, and so we'd love to give it to them. And also through GuideStar, who's a kind of a group that rates charities, you know, to make sure that they're using the money properly and and all of this, and and our upstanding charities rates them very very highly. So we it's a it's a great combination for her. And then for Lawrence, uh, we picked the Oceans Conservancy, uh, which is uh, concentrated a great deal on you know the, the the oceans where you know you have the Pacific Garbage Patch and you've got you know, polar bears that are endangered and, and different animal species and, and that much in wildlife that Lawrence really appreciated in his life. And we feel that's a worthy cause uh, for that spirit, too. So we're going to do that, not only the historic figure, but also a charity for each of our products. That's awesome. So what's the next product? Because I don't know too many distillers that are like, I'm launching one, but I don't have anything new in the in the pipe already. <laughs> yeah. No, that's never going to happen with us. We've got about... Ooh, at least a dozen things, I think, that are in development. But we've got two uh, that we're looking to bring – actually, three. Mm, well, we'll say two and three for next year, one for uh, the first quarter next year. Um, but we are looking at a, a whiskey – um, but we were going to blend, um, you know, similar to kind of the high West uh, situation so that we do have a, a, a whiskey offering. You can't really make your own whiskey in a year. 
<laughs> no, you can't. And as a new distillery, you know, why bother? I mean, we can certainly make some stuff and stick it into barrels, but it's not going to be available for a while. Um, Three years and one day. Yeah, at, at least. least. Yeah. So uh, we actually um, – I'm a big fan of Pappy. Um, I really appreciate a wheat whiskey. I also appreciate rye uh, as a whiskey as well. Uh, and there's not a lot, actually, of a rye wheat blend out there uh, to really kind of to give you those really nice flavors. So that's something that we've put together. So we're going to have a, a rewire uh, – easy for me to say – rye wheat <laughs> blended whiskey that we're coming out with. But then what we're also doing is uh, we're taking uh, a brandy – and we're still working out if it's actually going to be a cognac or an Armagnac, but a well-aged, very, very nice brandy. And then we're also mixing that with American rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which nobody's doing. Again, because it doesn't really fall into any kind of category. Uh, and Do I you need us to like bleep that part out? So it's like, over what your idea is so nobody else takes it. <laughs> uh, fine. No, no. It's cool. We're, we're going to have this available pretty soon. And no, I, I have no problem sharing this. Um, awesome. You know, I'm sure there will be other folks that will eventually do something similar. But, um, you know, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> do they have names yet? Do either of them have names They yet? don't. Yeah, we haven't established that. We've, we've actually run through many. Uh, and the problem, you know, too, with finding folks, is that, you know, you'll, you'll go through and, you know, we were looking at like fur traders and, you know, members of the Lewis and Clark expedition that were French. And, you know, there were a lot of French folks that came into the U S cause you know, that mix of whiskey and brandy, you know? Um, so, but then we'd find things like, Oh, well they own slaves or, Oh, they, you know, killed a lot of Indians. And it's like, Oh, that's not good either. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we're, we're still researching that. We'll come up with something, but that's going to happen uh, fourth quarter this year. You should watch Cannibal the Musical if you want some good <laughs> fur trader. Uh, right on. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's such a great show. I thought, we've kind of talked about the DABC and, and you being a first in Utah County. How have other distillers across Utah embraced your business? Have they been pretty supportive? You know, um, it's great. There's there's such a great camaraderie amongst all the other distillers. You know, uh, Ethan Miller up at Holy Stone, you know, has He's guided us. Amazing. Yeah, super cool guy. Um, he's guided us on a lot of things, and you know he's uh, trying to keep the the idea alive of a of a distillers guild, and mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's worthwhile. And you know, there's some folks that you know we're at uh, High West, uh, you know Harley, uh, who's now at Dennett Brick, uh, you know James Fowler over at Sugar House. Uh, they're really cool. The guys we over at Thirty Six. Yeah, we love James. He's great. Yeah, super cool guy. Um, you know, there's one, there's one distillery in the state. I don't, I don't think I need to mention it because I think everybody kind of knows who this guy is, uh, who is not helpful. Uh, in fact, um, tries his best, try to, uh, you know, rat you out to the DABC or, or whatever if you're not, you know, completely 100% on everything. And, you know, that's the only, that's the only exception. I think everybody else in the state is absolutely completely cool, you know, um, and, uh, Oh yeah, and the folks up at Water Pocket, you know, Alan and and Julia, they're super cool people. They helped us out like my wife's stuff. Men. Oh, they make amazing stuff. You two are you two sound like you're have very similar mindsets in what you're creating. I mean, not oh, the yeah. same product, but just the infusion of flavor and and not being in that eight category. That's really awesome. We definitely have a lot of things in common with them and appreciate their stuff too. It's, it's great. It's really cool. And we don't feel like we're really competing, um, because, you know, there's a, this is a rising tide of craft distilling. It's, it's a big deal. And, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. 
So the more focus there is on, on craft distilling as a whole helps everybody. So we don't have a problem with that. Well, the more you guys can band together, it's going to help with legislation. It's going to help with distribution. It's going to help getting in stores and out of state. So, yeah, I think working together is probably in everybody's best interest. Sure. Yeah. Especially being so, I mean, what number are you? Are you 14 or 15? We're 19, actually. 19? Yeah. <laughs> a lot and of that's them. just distilling, right? That's not, and brewing is their own list. Yeah. But yeah. listen, you and you and Strap Tank can like corner the Utah <laughs> County market. Don't let anybody come on the other side of the point of the mountain. So, yeah, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of something like that, like how, so the state of Utah is really crazy with distribution, but you know, the, the idea behind distilleries, it is harder actually to get your license nationally. Everyone has told us that the state is really easy. Um, but on the flip side of that for distribution, um, you know, everything that you want sold in the state of Utah has to go through the DABC. So how do you make deals so that you can still sell your spirits with local restaurants? Like, uh, you know, what's going, what you're trying to do with Evermore, or if you wanted to do something with Strap Tank and be able to offer your spirits in, you know, Strap Tank's, uh, uh, pub. How, how do yeah. you, how do you go about doing some of that stuff? It's actually not bad. Um, so we have what's called a Type 5 package agency. And what that is is it allows us to sell our booze at our distillery. And it's actually a state liquor store that we run under contract with the state oversight and regulations. Uh, and that's just the way that they make sure that they get their excise tax and sales tax and all of that kind of stuff. So we can sell everything that we make right out of the distillery, no problem. Um, so anybody who wants to come by it, they can, restaurants and whomever. Oh, so you can sell wholesale out of the distillery too? Yeah, actually it's retail. Um, sadly, within the state, there isn't the idea of a wholesale price. Uh, only the state gets the wholesale price. <laughs> Everybody else has to pay retail. Uh, <laughs> and that's why you get expensive drinks in the state of Utah, people. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, that's, it's just silly, but it is what it is. That's a control state. Um, the other option too is, you know, since we are within a technically a state liquor store, you can special order it. Um, so if you go, you know, to the liquor store and you say, Hey, you know, if you're up or if you're down in St. George in some place where it's not practical to come here, um, you can order it that way. But you, again, you have to do the stupid thing where you have to order by the case, um, and pay a lot. For, Is it really stupid have, though? Cause then you have a case. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, you can look at it either way. <laughs> the wallet doesn't agree, but. <laughs> and you're supporting local. So yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's a cool thing. Christmas presents. Christmas presents, yep. Buy a case, yeah. you get a couple bottles, your friends get a bottle. There you go. It's yeah, a unique gift. They're not likely to get it from anywhere else. <laughs> nope. No, actually, our stuff is more available in California than it is in Utah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, so do you have some good states with, with good distribution in other states? Yeah, so our e-commerce platform is based in California. They're out of San Diego, and we're selling to 30 states across the U.S. They're shipping out uh, all across there, and now we have a, a distributor that we're working with in uh, L.A. who's uh, basically selling us from Tijuana to Santa Barbara. Uh, so in, in that market, believe it or not, just L.A. is six times the, the entire state of Utah. Oh, I believe it. Well, considering the size of L.A., it's yeah. six times the size of the state of Utah. So, yeah. so we're not. We're, I mean, it's like we're not going to rely on Utah to, to, you know, to make our business survive. It sure would be nice because it's our home turf, but yeah. you know, 
we're, we'll find a, make, a way to make it work. You need to get back to like your old home states and then people can be like, hey, I know this guy. And then they're going to buy it because they know you. They knew you. <laughs> Actually, yeah, they are. And most of the people in Michigan, a lot of our families there, and they can't get it in Michigan because Michigan has these crazy laws about shipping spirits in. And oh, that's so frustrating. But that's just the world we live in. There's, the <laughs> there's a lot of federal regulation that's changing. Uh, there, we've got a lot of that. We've talked about some yeah. of the Supreme Court cases in the last year that have had a big impact on that stuff. So. One state yeah. at a time. Some regulation is good. Yes. You know, that needs to be, I think, acknowledged, but then I, some regulation. I, I don't is... want to drink something that will literally kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> that moonshine you buy at the liquor store is not actually moonshine, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's distilled somewhere just like where uh, where Matt distills his stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. We've made moonshine. <laughs> it's it can be good. Moonshine can be good. Sometimes it tastes like rubbing alcohol. Or it could blind you. <laughs> Again, not in a properly regulated environment. <laughs> so, uh, uh, do you guys still have the ability for uh, people to join in on the, the like the ownership stuff, the fundraising stuff? Is that yeah. still open? It is, um, and we've got it. Um, we're, we're pushing on that at this point. Uh, Pretty hard because we like to wrap this up. So normally this is the part of the interview where we would ask the guests to give us their, you know, how to get a hold of them, that sort of thing. But sometimes technology is not our friend and Skype decides that it doesn't want to hear good people anymore. Uh, And it disconnects the call. And when we reconnect the call, it doesn't record the end of the call. Thankfully, we didn't really miss any meat uh, of the discussion with Matt. Um, it was just really the last few minutes. And so here's the information you really need to know. Uh, Clearwater Distilling is the social media handle um, for everything. They're very active on Facebook and, and Instagram. Uh, and you can go down and visit them in Pleasant Grove, uh, buy uh, stuff straight from the distillery there. They have a, a package agency license. Uh, you can find it in some local bars and restaurants. Um But the biggest thing is if you want to own part of the company, if you want to own part of a distillery in the state of Utah, the only one in Utah County, you can do so by going to startengine.com forward slash Clearwater Distilling. They're really trying to make a big push to have more people own the company. Um, There's not dividends out of the gate. You're helping them get going. You're helping them produce product. You're helping them sell uh, across the country, really. Uh, I think he said they're in 30 states. California uh, alone is is bigger than Utah, just in the L.A. area. So it's really a, a great chance to get in on the ground floor of something and not have to do anything other than buy some stock, essentially. So it's a, a great way to be involved. So I just wanted to thank Matt. I apologize we didn't let him get to say that, uh, at least not in a recorded fashion. But uh, I do think that it's important that everyone is able to hear that. So so thanks, Matt, for, for joining us for the, for the great conversation. That was awesome. I'm so excited to watch their company grow. I am, too. I think it's going to be... It's uh, going to be so neat. You can't go to California cool. where you can buy some. You can just go to Pleasant Grove and buy some. Jess could buy us a bottle and bring it up. She lives basically there. I could definitely do that for you. It's not really there, but it's kind of... Chris, you missed out on Hot Dog Day again today. You know... You can come next week. You don't tell me when it's happening, so... Do I have Hot Dog Days at the dealership today? To be fair, I... Like, I was on the phone basically from 7 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. That's okay. One of these days you'll be over at your office and you'll be like, it's Tuesday, it's hot dog day. 
I don't go in on Tuesdays right now. Well, Maybe once someday. the pandemic's over. I guess any Tuesday Maybe could be a hot dog day because I could go to the doghouse too. They have good hot dogs. But this is dogs and links. I know. He brought chili today. I didn't have it though. Was it like chili sauce or like real chili? No, I think he makes real chili. Do they sell much in the 104 degree weather? Yeah, they're delicious, dude. Fuck, dude, hot dogs are good. These are links. It's chili though. Uh, He only made just a little bit. Like he just does it based off of requests. Hot dogs are good. Hot dogs are good at five below and 105 above. (laughs) There's really no temperature in that range that a hot dog is not a tasty treat. And it's a link, so it's even better than so it's a hot not dog. just your average wiener. It could be a it could a, be a dog it's too. Better than a wiener. <laughs> better than a wiener. Hold on, I'm just marking that out. I'm I'm gonna grab that soundbite for you, Slater. Better it's than a wiener. Better than a wiener. <laughs> Maybe I, I mean that... it's been a while, but <laughs> it's a link. It's better than a wiener. <laughs> I'm sure you'd appreciate Man, that. But. It's better than a wiener. Maybe you should have him put that on the side of his little trailer. It's better than a wiener. Hot dogs and link. Dogs and links. They're better than wieners. Uh, no, it's better than a wiener. But he'll <laughs> he won't be back for like two weeks because he's going camping next week. So you'll have to remind me because I'll forget. <laughs> I'll be over there next Wednesday. Probably starting on Wednesdays. I'll be going in again on Wednesdays. That doesn't do you any good on hot dog day. Well, maybe he should fucking change his day to suit me. Maybe. <laughs> what food truck's over there on Wednesdays? We don't have any. Just that one on Can Tuesdays. Can you schedule one for me? Wiener Wednesday would make more sense. We, yeah, exactly. Because it's Taco Tuesday. True. Wiener Wednesday. What's Thursday? Thirsty Thursday. Yeah, there you go. What about Friday? Fish Friday? Fish Friday. There's that Catholics. There's that fish uh, taco truck I've seen around. I don't know if it's any good, but I've seen it around. Uh, What about Saturday? Saucy Mm. Saturday. No. No. Sushi Saturday? Yeah. What about Sunday? Mm. Sunday, Sunday? Oh, yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Autorama! Did you... Sunday. Okay, Sunday, and then what about Monday then? Sunday. Malts. Malty Monday. That's mm. a good one. Because then you could do, if you do Malty Monday, you could either have like a like a shake malt or malt liquor. Or malt liquor. You could get some like Mickey's. Yeah. Or some of that right. Ice House. You could do that. that, that, that some fucking that, sweet Ice House. That, that peanut butter liquor and put that in uh, like a shake or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter liquor? It's yeah, new. you I, haven't had it. Peanut butter whiskey? I'm allergic to peanuts. It doesn't, no. I don't know. I've never had it. Stop. It's Are new. You? I don't know. It's new. No, I'm not allergic to peanuts. They're delicious. I'm not uh, a fucking animal. Hey, we made campfire nachos. They're amazing. I don't understand what the difference between a normal nacho and a campfire nacho is. You could go in a campfire. So, what's the difference? Other than there's a fire involved, so that's open That's flame. all that matters. So it's, it's got that smoky goodness. So it's the it's same delicious. thing, except for it might taste like pissed on pine tree. Whoa. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, campfire, you might have a log of pine wood that an animal peed on. Something stole avocado off of our table and my spatula. But don't leave food out, by the way. Was that's that a, a bad idea. Oh, who takes spatula? The so you know, you know the bear that Bear Lake was named after. The bear was hung yeah, up. Yeah, Ephraim. Our, no, he was in our cabin. Oh uh, no, he wasn't. He yes, was he too was. Too small. No, the the rug made out of him was in our cabin. <laughs> <laughs> it was way too small. 
Oh, well, I think that's going to do it. <laughs> so you can follow us on Twitter uh, or Instagram at TNU Podcast or oh Facebook. Or you can go to our website, theneutahpodcast.com. It's a little behind. I'm catching uh, up. It's still there. People go there for things and they stuff. They do. Thank you. Thank you, people. Uh, maybe suggest a question for us to ask because we're really kind of at odds with how we want to ask the question. We're tired. We love our guests, but every time someone says the mountains, it's, it's a well, struggle. Well, I told you how to fix that. That, but yeah, none but of you want to fix it like that. So because it's squelching their passion for the mountains. Well, what I really want, though, like, well, if you don't ask them a question that lets them say mountains, isn't that <laughs> squelching their passion for the mountains? I, I'm fine with them saying mountains, but I think that we should make them expand upon it more. Like his today was yeah. amazing. Yeah, and it, mountains was like a like a like a tertiary point of right. the, the outdoors part of Utah. Hashtag um, tertiary. But see, we don't well, since we've switched the question, we haven't been getting the like Gilgal garden mm. and the summon temple and like those are all things that people have discovered in utah that they have shared with us and so maybe our question can be around that i don't know we'll talk about that off air um <coughs> just remember that a link is better than a wiener <laughs> <laughs>